You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Live from Estopan All In. It's the Bamos Morados Podcast, powered by the state of Louisville. Welcome to the Bamos Morados Podcast on the State of Louisville Podcast Network. I am Zach. I am joined, as usual, with my buddy Benton. And Benton, we have a pretty awesome guest this week. Oh, we are we are very fortunate to have Coach Bev Yanez joining us, the new head coach of Racing Louisville. Bev, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be on and appreciate you guys having me. Yeah. You're pulling double duty tonight. We actually have multiple guests. Mommy, yes. Here's I'm the other one. <laughs> Say hi. 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 <laughs> Look, you're working, yeah. you're working nonstop around the clock at home on the pitch oh, yes. you got a lot going on yes yes exactly um and it's been such a joy i mean to be honest the kids just bring such a fun perspective to it all um and you know it, it's the job's been so great so far and i'm just so grateful to be in this position and to come home and to play mom as soon as i get home and walk through the door and to have you know their sweet little eyes looking at me as their mother. It's just such a, I'm so blessed to be in this position and to, to be able to show my children um, that they can dream very big. So while we're on the, on the topic of, uh, you know, a family, it's my understanding that you have, you have ties to the area to, to Louisville. Um, I believe your husband played at UofL. So I guess kind of what's the, what's the full story of your background in relation to the area? Yeah. Um, so my husband and I have been dating, uh, since high school, um, obviously married now for 12 years, which is crazy. <laughs> um, so been together for a long time, but he, uh, was recruited to obviously play at U of L for their men's soccer team. Um, at the same time I was at the university of Miami in Florida. And so during any breaks, if we got knocked out of the tournament, um, summers, this type of, of, of thing, I would come back and forth to the city just to visit, um, and that's originally where I first obviously had my time spent here. Um, there was a few off seasons after I joined the WPS, um, obviously the league right before the NWSL that I spent a few, several weeks here training in my off season, um, because he was still here playing for, was it Louisville lightning, the indoor, yes. yeah, yeah. The indoor team. Okay. So he I played have a Louisville for- lightning scarf somewhere around here. Yeah. I love that. I those games were so fun by the way, to go watch, um, a DJ, grab a beer <laughs> um, and watch the game 
but yeah, so I spent some of my off seasons here, um, training and that's where I first was like, this city's amazing. The food is so good. The people are so kind. Um, and that's where I first fell in love with Louisville. And to be honest, I was searching, uh, for any opportunity to come back when that timing was right. And then obviously saw when they got a team in the league, um, was retired at that point, but uh, was always, you know, throughout my coaching career going, if any opportunity present itself, it would be such a dream to be there. Well, we're very fortunate awesome. that, to, that you got this ties a while Thank back. <laughs> I think this city is honestly so underrated in so many aspects. Um, and so I'm grateful that I got some time here to understand how cool of a city it is. Um, so I wanted to, to get a little bit into your your background. So how, how did you get started with soccer? When, like, when did you start playing? Were you in little league as a kid? Like, how, how did that happen? Yeah, absolutely. I started when I was uh, five years old, actually, AYSO. Um, good old AYSO. I love it. Uh, but my mom just said every year, every year that it was time to sign up for a sport. She always wanted us involved in something. She thought it was very important for us and our life skills. Um, and she would always say, what do you want to play? And I'm like, um, soccer. And she's like, you just fell in love with it. it there was no interest in anything else. And so for her, it was to sign me up to uh, obviously lose some energy if possible. <laughs> Cause I know I was a wild little kid. Um, but also on top of that, just fall in love something with something that I ended up committing a lot of my time to um obviously being a, a, as good as I could be at that point as a player um and just putting a lot of emphasis on as I continued to get older who I was surrounding myself with what my friend groups were knowing that someday I wanted to become a professional player um once I became a player I realized how much I wanted to coach <laughs> so it's quite funny how quick the, the the transitions occurred in the sense of the mentality and and such a want to to be involved in the game at such a young age. And it was always soccer. There wasn't there wasn't any other interest. You know, a lot of times I meet people that they're like, I did basketball and then volleyball. And then and I have so much respect for it because I'm terrible in, in, in any other sport. So <laughs> fun fact. <laughs> now, how would you describe yourself as a, as a player? Like what was your, your style of play? Yeah, I think for me as a player, I was not the fastest. You know, we always talk now because we have access to all this GPS data and all that. And, you know, I finally uh, built up some nerve this last draft to ask Laura Harvey, do you know my, you know, what was my pace? You know, with this GPS, we're always talking about, you know, what's a fast pace, you know. I'm not telling you my number because I was shocked. So, <laughs> um, but for me, it was always, it was a very technical style and it was, my want to just be coachable. Like I always wanted to learn a lot. When I retired, I remember thinking, man, I'm not even close to what I believe I could learn. It's just time for me to step away and start a family at that point. Um, but I would definitely say technical and tactical. I wanted to understand that it was a game and I was in control of how I manipulated the players on the field and what spaces I exposed in those moments. So for me, it was, it definitely was thoughtful, but Obviously, there was so much I needed to improve on throughout my career, and I tried to keep that perspective pretty consistently. Um, you mentioned early on you played in the WPS, the league that existed before the NWSL. You also, earlier in your career, played in Japan for a couple seasons. Yep. I'm curious, like, what was that like uh, as, like, a, a fairly young adult moving to, I mean, that's, that's about as big of a move as you can make. Oh, uh, yeah. For me, <laughs> it was 
obviously at the time, it, it's actually quite funny. Not a lot of people know this story. Um, but truth be told is we went because the league had folded. They had already purchased tickets for us to fly to Japan and play in a preseason tournament. So Sky Blue was actually the group that I was supposed to be with. And the obviously league folded. We They basically say we've played, we've paid for this entire trip. Does people, does everyone still want to go? And we're like, yeah, yeah, we still want to go. We don't want to think about the fact that we're out of jobs, let alone out of something we want to do and, and play and enjoy playing, right? Um, and so we got there. And when we got there, we played INAC on the first day and they invited four of us to training. And we're like, I can't wait to see what this training's like. Um, and after the four of us were invited, two of us got offered contracts. And I'm like, unbelievable. I, I was luckily one of the two um, and ended up spending two and a half years there. And actually the same way that I got into obviously playing there and, and receiving a contract there was the same way I left. So Seattle Rain at the time with Laura Harvey came over to play against us and asked me after the game, are you American? I'm like, actually, yeah, <laughs> I am. <laughs> um, and that's how I essentially got back into the NWSL. So I came back to the league the second year um, that it, that it, of its existence. Now, how did exposure to multiple leagues kind of like impact your growth? I'm sure you saw all sorts of different, I guess, philosophies and styles of play, not to mention variety of players. Yes, yes, no. And I, I think for me, it's actually shaped. I've gotten a lot of questions about like, who are you as a coach? Who are you as a head coach? Obviously, this is my first go. Um, but I know a lot of who I am and who I've been influenced by is the Japanese style of soccer. Um, and it's been a huge influence on how I see the game because in my uh, belief, I obviously competed in a very good conference collegiately and played two years in the WPS. Um, and for me, my biggest learning came when I spent that time in Japan. And so I kept asking myself, why is this the case? How have I felt like I've missed out so much tactically? Um, and that's where the the real passion first kicked in from me wanting to become a coach. And so it's one that I reference a lot in the sense of who I am. I believe a lot of who we are as players and who we are as coaches is influenced by your experiences. And I think I've had some really good coaches along the way, but I've also had a really incredible experience in Japan that changed my life forever. I'm telling you guys right now, I came back to the States a completely different player. And really? I knew in two and a half in two and a half years, how could I have grown so much in so many ways? I just feel like a different person. And that's where it was like, this is huge. I need to coach. I love this. Um, and that's kind of just the trickle effect from there. And that was when I was about 24 years old. Is there anything you miss about Japan? The food. Oh my <laughs> gosh. The food is so good. Like so good. Um, they have just like winter foods. They eat pretty seasonally. Um, and just the, honestly, the public transportation, you could get on a train and go anywhere in Japan. Um, so I didn't need a car, which is quite fascinating and very nice to be able to get around without one. Yeah. You're in the, you're in the right audience for the whole public transit. <laughs> oh, yeah. stuff. We're, we're big fans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Now, um, how, how do you think that your proximity to your playing days is going to help you? you know, as you kind of enter your first season and a head coach and conversely kind of, are you experiencing any challenges because of, uh, of being, I guess, so green? Yeah. And I think there's two pieces to it. Right. I think a lot of people are like, what's your style? Like, um, I think that in any time that you do something, you're always learning. 
So I'm going to look back and be, I remember my first, uh, you know, head coaching job. What did I learn from it? Um, how did I get better? Um, and I also think there's something to be said. I was told this very early on in my career. There's never the right time to be the head coach. There's never a right time. Um, and that stuck with me for a really long time because I, I wouldn't necessarily say I was so focused on becoming a head coach. I was focused on being the best in my role that I could possibly be just with the idea if that presented itself at some time, um, would I be excited to entertain it? Right. Um, but I was a firm believer in enjoying the journey and obviously being the best I could be in the role I was given at that time. Um, and hopeful that the journey took me wherever it was supposed to take me. Um, and so for me, I think obviously just having an open mindset that it is my first year, um, surrounding myself with people that I know will help support me from a staff perspective. Um, I'm not silly to know that it's my first year, but at the same time, I know that I'm coming into this with a fresh perspective and the ability to work very, very, very hard and provide the best environment that I can for these players. And to be honest, that's who I was as a player. I always had the mindset that I could be better and learn just as I'm asking the players to do. Um, and I believe that really allowed me to participate and compete as long as I did in that in the league as a player. So I know if I have this similar perspective in this role, um, I believe that, you know, it will continue to push me in the right direction and continue to help me grow throughout the process. Yeah. So, so speaking of, of growth and getting better, uh, what are your thoughts on, on last season as a whole? Uh, <laughs> and like, what, what are some things that you think the team did well that you want to improve, like grow on? And what are some areas where you think there's your, you want to focus on improvement? Yeah, absolutely. And I think for us, like, it's very clear. And in several interviews, and I'll continue to say it, as long as I'm with this club, this group's special. Um, the people and the new faces that we looked, the players that we look to bring in, um, we did our research with what are they like in the locker room, right? We want to know what they're like, both on and off the pitch. Um, and I think for us, it's understanding how special the group is and how willing and coachable they are. They want to learn as much as possible individually, how they could be better with the smallest details, with body shape, um, with with very, very small details in that space, but also they want to learn as a group. How can they best support each other? And I think you saw it last year. It was it was really the one of the first times as a coach that I've sat on the sidelines going, I'm not worried about them. Like when they're down one zero, they've got this grit and this fight about them that you're not worried. You're just like, let's go. Okay. <laughs> you feel the momentum, you understand it. Um, and I think that's the biggest piece about this group is they want to compete for each other. That's something you can't teach. It's very difficult to teach if you can. Um, they want to play for each other and they want to work for each other and they want to win together and they want to be successful. And so for me coming into this role and experiencing that last year and how special the group and how tight knit the group is in that space is continuing to work off of that and go. I have this mentality and I have these types of players. And then obviously adding the pieces that we did this year to create and, and ex accentuate that. And I think from there now it's working off of that and going, all right, what's our style look like? What little things are we going to change to be as successful as possible as a group and allow them to be creative? I think a lot of times we forget the reason why players started playing is because it brought joy to them. Now, now this industry and at this level, it's very, very competitive, but at the end of the day, having a style and implementing a style where they're allowed to be creative in some capacity is very, very important to me and to the way that I'd like the environment to look. Now, I guess, uh, last season, I know 
this upcoming uh, season, you'll be operating in a different capacity. But but after last year, kind of, I'm sure you've had plenty of time to reflect back. Um, what did you learn about your yourself as a coach? Kind of in what ways did you see yourself grow? Or I think for me, it was, um, I think there's several aspects, right? I always go back and look at it and go, when did I give too much information? When did I give too little? Um, there's always those little nuances that players ask and look at themselves. We do the same thing as coaches, just in a little bit of a different capacity. Um, and I think for me, it's it's building those relationships early on and trying to understand the player's learning capabilities. Um, and I think for me now being in this role and bringing on two assistants has been really important for the environment that we can provide these players. Um, and I, again, I'd be silly to say that I, there were so many takeaways I took away from last season in my role and the season before that in that role and the season before that in that role. Um, my point is, is that every season you walk away with one or two things that you're like, okay, this is an area that I'd like to, but my big thing is I'm leaning on the staff around me to better understand how I, I can improve in those roles. Um, I'm very much so I, I, I like, I like a very specific style in the sense of the way that my, the trainings would, you know, will flow and, and how I want them to flow. And so it's leaning on, you know, someone like Twad's, um, Hey, what are the needs and, and getting on this early from a periodization standpoint to, uh, to adjust as needed to make sure that the load spread out correctly. Like these types of things um, are things that I'm incredibly excited about. I have a good relationship with these people already and, and understanding how can we truly provide the best environment within the needs. Looking forward to, to this upcoming season. We are going to have a lot of new faces. I think just to give maybe some fans a, a little insight into some new, new players, I figured maybe we could run through some new players, uh, and get some thoughts from you on them as a player and what they're bringing to the team and what people can look forward to next year. First one is someone that I know a lot of people are excited about, uh, Aaron Wright. Yes. No, I love this. Um, absolutely. I think she is just such a professional, right? She has in-league experience. Um, she comes, she's coming back to her home state. She's got a great energy about her. Um, and she's just a leader. Um, she's a leader in regards to the respect that she's received from having been a veteran in this league and continuing to be a veteran in this league. And then obviously from the fact that, again, she's coming to her home state. So I'm excited to, to see what her energy continues to bring to the environment. First Kentucky Sports Hall of Fame player to play for either Racing or Louisville City. Uh, what about Ellie Jean? I think you had some experience with her in New York, right? Yes. So Ellie Jean, I had experience with her at Gotham. Um, absolutely fantastic in the sense of she wants to be the best version of herself. And she's going to ask all the time how she can be the best version of herself for the group. Um, great for the locker room, works very hard um, at trainings and on the pitch very consistently. And so for us, obviously, I'm excited to see her integrate herself into the group. Um, but obviously with the experiences I had at Gotham were, were fantastic with just who she is both on and off the pitch. So what about, oh gosh, I'm so bad with the last names. Linda Mothalo. Did, did I get that right? <laughs> nice. I know. I'm still, um, obviously, you know, lots of new faces, so no problems at all. Um, so Linda's not with us yet. Okay. Um, but the most exciting piece about 
um, Linda from what we saw. And the reason why we brought her in is we just enjoy her creativity and her flair. She always looks like she's enjoying herself playing. Um, her, her obviously her ability on the ball stuck out massively, stood out massively when we were looking at um, uh, players for the squad and in specific positions. And I think for us, she was one that was immediately like, yep, <laughs> she's so clean on the ball. She enjoys the game. She's got a smile on her face. Looks like she would fit very good in our group. And then obviously doing some research, it seems like she's a, a, an incredible fit for the squad. So excited for her to join us here soon. And then we have uh, we have another player who's familiar with the state returning, uh, Yuka Kurosaki. Yes. Uh, for University of Kentucky. Can you tell us a little bit about her? Yeah, no, absolutely. And Yuka has, you know, such an interesting story coming over here, playing at University of Kentucky, playing at Oklahoma um, and then going overseas and playing a bit. And I think for me, again, her technical ability and her tactical understanding of the game um, was something in regards to, you know, what we're looking to add to the group and, and keep the group very competitive um, was something we were very excited to add. And obviously, from my experiences in Japan um, and the style of soccer that I was able to experience during, during that time as a player, I very much so um, respect the style um, massively. And so watching her um, early on and watching the clips on her, I thought she would be a great fit for the group. And then we also we have a couple of players that fans familiar with the league are definitely gonna gonna know. Uh, I guess maybe can you tell a little bit about the process of bringing in players like um, Marissa, formerly Vigiano, now DeGrande, and uh, Taylor, formerly Corniak, now Flint. Um, yes. You know that what what is the recruitment process for signing some some established players like them in the league? I feel like the recruitment is just, it's year round. You're constantly thinking about, um, you know, what the pieces look like and where you're looking to add to the group. Right. Um, and I think for us, it started early once we found out that Vigiano, <laughs> formerly Vigiano, um, was a free agent. And obviously, you know, looking at the roster and looking at areas we'd like to fill, um, we had a conversation with her and having played against her uh, at Houston um, and saw her impact against us specifically. Um, she was definitely a player of interest when you look at adding to your roster. And then someone like Taylor Corniak, obviously Taylor Flint, um, you just can't ignore, right? She's great in so many aspects and she just enjoys the game and she's so influential. And so I think for us, it was to bring someone of her caliber with her national team experience. Um, it was just a no-brainer for us. Now, I I saw a stat today online that uh, racing's one of the like one of the clubs with the most like incoming transfers, which is you know it's obviously a cool thing. You're you're able to kind of you know build to your vision. Now, along I guess along with that comes the whole I guess chemistry component. Now I know it's a little too early for us to be asking about how these players are gelling since they've only been around for a few days, but. Um, does that kind of like with the existing the players that were with you last season are they going to have to kind of step up and play like an uh service um you know leaders in a way is in terms of the style of soccer that that you like or just operating with you in general there's two pieces right the players that are coming back into the environment they've had an opportunity to work with me previously as an assistant coach so they have an idea of uh, the detail I like to coach, the mm -hmm. way I like to coach, but not in the head coach capacity. So 
And then obviously you add in, uh, you sprinkle in some new faces. And I think um, the group has just always been so amazing culturally uh, that even early on in, in some of these preseason meetings, it's like, we feel so comfortable here. We really, you know, the team's great. Um, and you just get the idea that these leaders coming into it, whether obviously we're here last season, um, they're excited to return, which is exciting. Um, and they just have such a natural ability to lead and welcome people into the environment. And I think that's a part of when I describe the group as special, that's a huge piece of it. Then you have players, you know, coming from in-league experience, coming into the environment and positively contributing to the the culture. Um, and then you have some new faces, whether that's young, um, international, you just have um, new faces. And I think the group has embraced everybody coming from different positions in their careers um, to obviously coming over internationally um, and have really embraced one another to, to go um, let's get on board as quick as possible and let's look to uh, be the best that we can be as a group. And I think for me, it just says a lot about um, what the group's like and kind of what their mentality is coming into the season. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Mr. and Mrs. is for everyone. From a more traditional 90 proof to a cash drink that's smoother. In 2013, Russ going to the hole, and boy, could we use that right now. Mr. and Mrs. Bourbon covers tastes, all different tastes of preferences, six different bourbons that they're offering. Be among the first to try Mr. and Mrs. Bourbon, the official bourbon of State of Louisville, and the Starting 502 podcast on shelves anywhere you find your liquor, and now online at Mr. and Mrs. Bourbon.com. Go check it out. How do you feel about the roster as a whole right now. I think should should people expect that that this is the group we're we're rolling into the season with, or do you think um, people should expect maybe a few more announcements? Yeah, I think uh, people can expect this is the group we're rolling in with. Um, I think we've worked very hard um, and very diligent on who we're bringing in um, and how we built the roster and how we started building the roster pretty early on. Um, and I think for us, it's just now honing in on the very specific pieces from a style of play perspective. And I think for me coming in with the group early on, um, I, I said this to the group very early on and I, and I tell you right now, I mean it and I massively mean it is I want players to enjoy the ball and I want them to be brave. I want you to want the ball. Um, and I want you to be a part of it in the sense that you feel brave in the moments of where we need to find stability and having possession um, and enjoy that piece of it um, under those pressures, under those pressured moments. Um, and so I think for us coming in as a group and understanding the players that we're bringing in and what they're like in those moments and how they embrace those moments. And now it's just leaking in this style of play. I mean, this week we've worked from more of an attacking perspective uh, because I believe as a coach, if that's going to be my stance in possession, I want us to start uh, a preseason here with what we look like in possession. Um, and so I think for us, it's just continuing to build those pieces. But from a squad perspective, you can expect uh, this to be the squad. Now, you are just a few days out from heading off to Columbia, which is pretty yeah. cool. Um, 
now, I guess first part of the question is, is how much does it mean to have like competitive matches in the preseason via the, the woman cup? I imagine you maybe get a little bit more out of your squad versus some sort of closed door, you know, situation. And then, um, also with that, like how impactful is the, is the travel element going to be? Cause this is going to be a little bit farther than, than the teams had to travel before. Is that going to kind of, I guess, slow your guys' regular season preparations down at all, or is it kind of negligible? Yeah, so I think for us, obviously, it's it's such a fine balance with when do you leak games in? How long are the games? Are they 220s? Are they 330s as you build into this 90-minute, right? So early on, it's probably very small. <laughs> and then as you build into getting prepared for these games, um, it's a fine balance with, with what your – um, opposition looks like. Um, and so for us and, and, and kind of how those pieces layer in as you get closer to season as well, and I think for us, it's a really incredible opportunity to obviously be in warmer weather, <laughs> but on top of that, um, be in a position where we are able to experience some very good talent. Um, and as we continue to prep for season to begin, um, and I just feel there's something to be said about us and our ability to play our identity. And I've been pretty clear on this as well. I don't mind that other teams are going to be exposed to us and see our shape very early on. Um, this is not a thing to me. Um, I will happily give, and I'm saying this, but <laughs> I would happily give my style of play to anybody who wanted to see it. For me, it's more of the idea that we are going to be very good at what we do and the fluidity and how we do it um, that I believe will continue to set us apart. And I believe will um, obviously my hope is that it, it, it makes it hard for teams to scout us in that space. So for me, I'm, I'm less worried about the sneak peek of what we look like and more worried about how we build our identity, our trust, our ideas into when that season kick, when the season kicks off. Bev, you gotta be careful with that offer. I'll read your dissertation. On how you have things <laughs> planned. Ben will ask you about shape any oh, chance. Yes, so that's probably not a good. I'll read your whole manuscript. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, we uh we got the the schedule announcement recently, which is mm -hmm. very exciting. Uh, have you have you had a chance to look over the schedule much? Is there any is there any section you've sort of highlighted as an important of the season this year, or is it just sort of you play the next game when you get to it for you? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think when we looked at the schedule, it's more of us getting an idea of, okay, what does a natural lead-in look like? Is it a four-day lead-in, right? Um, and from us as a staff, organizing kind of what trainings will look like in that sort of rhythm. Um, obviously, you see a lot of Saturday games. You see a Wednesday um, once, I believe. Um, and then you see a few Sunday games. And I believe there might also be a Friday. Don't quote me on I that. you're and right. That and delete that if that's not true. Um, I've stared at it several times. I'm like, woo, woo. Uh, but my point is, is, is that we have to take it game by game. Um, I think it's really important that you have um, something set in the sense of like what your overall goal is, of course. Um, but you have to take it game by game. When you get too far in advance with your thought processes, it's very hard to stay in the now. Um, and as much as possible, I want our group to focus on the now. If we take it week by week and we execute what we need to from a Monday through Friday perspective, um, the weekend should put us in a good position. Um, when we go back through 
the recap of that game. What do we do? What do we do well? What didn't we do well? And how do we build in for the next game to make sure that we fix those areas from our perspective and then obviously hone in on how we can expose them. Uh, but I think it's more of that, if you will, than it is um, looking ahead of like a specific team that we're playing, um, what day of the week we're playing. It's more of what our preparation looks like um, and, and taking it game by game. Now, you uh, you mentioned goals before, and I guess I'm just going to cut right to the chase and and ask, like, do you think that you got a, a playoff teams on your hands? Yeah, I think for us, obviously, it, you know, I said this from day on, day one, I, I believe we're a, a hell of a group. I believe we're a hell of a group. And for us, we we want to accomplish so much this season. Um, and I. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply definitely think that you know with how we're coming in and the buy-in that I'm I'm trying to gain very early with the way that I believe we can play and the players that we have to play that way um yeah I have incredible hopes uh for us this season and we just need to put our heads down and we need to work our asses off so um we just have to be you know uh, prepared to get the job done and I think the group is in a good space and us as a staff, making sure that we are doing everything that we possibly can, um, which means working as much as we possibly need to work um, and will need to work to ensure that this environment gets provided. Um, I think obviously, you know, you guys, I'm sure you guys have done several interviews. You know, the game very well. This industry is very much so it's got its high highs. It's got its low lows and you just ride the roller coaster. Uh, for us, it's, uh, you know, I'm very clear with there's going to be a lot of eyes on me throughout the season to make sure that I find stability in what that could look like. Um, and so for us, it's going to be, we believe we can accomplish a lot. Um, and keeping that stability and understanding um, what we can do and how special we are is going to be a huge piece of it. Um, and again, from a staff perspective, you know, that was a big goal of mine. Surround myself with people that I believe will enjoy the ride together um, and will buckle up together, if you will. Um, and so for me, it's just honestly, I'm incredibly honored. And I believe that coming into this role, I am only as good. And I will tell you this. I will tell anybody this. I am only as good as the people around me. And if I have the right people around me, I believe that we can provide the best environment for these players. And I truly believe I have the right people around me. One big change with the schedule this upcoming season is no more no more Challenge Cup. Rest in peace, Challenge mm -hmm. Cup. Yes. Uh, I'm kind of curious from your perspective as a coach. I mean, the, the team did really well in the Challenge Cup last year. And mm -hmm. I think kind of got a lot of confidence out of that. Um mm -hmm. Do you, do you feel, uh, are you a little sad to see it go or is it just happy to have the schedule congestion freed up a little bit? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's just difficult in general, right? It's just a little bit tough when you're talking the turnaround times. Um, and I think that's probably the most difficult piece. I mean, there's several aspects, right? From a player perspective and their needs to sessions perspectives uh, and those needs. 
Um, and so I, I think it's, it's very difficult in the sense of, you know, when you're going Wednesday, Saturday, and then you're going Sunday, um, I'm, obviously the following week is what I mean. I'm not back to back days, but um, you get my point is that the games are so sporadic um, and how the preparation is and how the preparation is kind of always changing. I think it, um, it will be nice to have some consistency um, in, in that sense uh, for us. And, and I'm sure that others would agree. Now, uh, Zach, unless you have any other uh, serious questions where I think we can uh, start to break. The- yeah. I was going to say, let's, uh, um, coach, I want to go through some rapid fire questions, some fun Amazing. ones. I want to, yeah, I want you to shoot from the hip and, uh, and, and, and tell some of your, uh, some of the things we got for you here. So first thing for you is uh favorite restaurant in Louisville. <laughs> favorite restaurant in Louisville. Let's Lots go. To choose from, huh? Yeah. Let's go hammerheads. There you go. What's a, uh, what's a movie that scarred you as a little kid? Oh gosh. Um, the exorcist. (laughs) Oh, wow. It's so scary. (laughs) There's a 34 year old -old man in me. I think that would scar me as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What is your funniest memory of the team from last season? Mm, Funniest memory from the team. Oh man. I don't know. They're all funny and we're all funny. <laughs> I see, I see a lot of videos. It seems like there's just constant, constant laughter yeah, there with that group. Good. It is. It, yeah. They are funny. <laughs> I'll give them that. They're funny. <laughs> they got to take it, take it as a challenge where they got to, they got to stand out above the crowd. So when we ask you next season, that yeah, exactly. comes to mind. <laughs> all right, would you, uh, would you rather play a game in zero degree cold or hundred degree heat? Zero degree cold because you can always put more layers on. Yes, feels like a lose lose to me. <laughs> <laughs> Bev, I got I got to know this one. What is your hidden talent? I bet you got something good up your sleeve. Oh my gosh, um, I wouldn't necessarily classify it as a talent, but I love to dance. I would. I took hip hop classes like all through high school um, and beyond. And I love to dance. I wouldn't classify it as like a sheer talent, <laughs> but I definitely love it. And it's so fun for me. That's awesome. Ooh, I got one to build on that. Uh, love it. All right. So you're all by yourself, locker room. You can put on whatever song to dance by yourself. What's your, what's your, what's your go-to dance gym? Oh, wow. Um, um right now just like get into the groove fun um we'll see every i guess this i'm tailoring your question so i'm sorry <laughs> but every morning <laughs> I wake up my daughter and i listen to sign sale deliver i'm yours and we get up every morning um so that has got to be one of my favorite songs for that memory alone um and it's just an, it's a great song <laughs> now awesome. um what do you do with your, your free time? And I'm talking outside of, 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 of taking care of the children. What do you do to, to relax, unwind, have fun? I have a glass of wine. There you go. It's always a solid <laughs> and answer. I, and I sometimes will pull out a good read, uh, but definitely a glass of wine to wind down. And everybody's, you know, now being in Kentucky, as long as I have been, um, I'm sure at some point it will veer towards 
just a little bit of bourbon or something it, of that sort. What type of wine? Red or white? Got a specific? Uh, Red like? Cabernet. Ooh, what type of book? I like lots of leadership, self-help, these types of books. Um, so it's usually anything um, in, in that space I'll read. And I'll also read articles like crazy. Um, just any updates in the soccer world, uh, kind of overall, I enjoy reading. Uh, different coaching philosophies and just how people see the, day, the game so differently. I can see all the leadership books that that you have read just coming through this interview. That is not surprising yeah. to me. Good yeah. for you being productive. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the TV show The Bear, but one of my favorite recurring things on The Bear was one of the characters is reading Coach K's biography for like the whole season and keeps yeah. coming with quotes from it. <laughs> uh, what is a nickname your parents used to call you? Uh, BJ, because my middle name is June. Obviously, first name is Beverly. So um, it was more of my grandparents that called me it. Uh, but as it trickled throughout my family, I guess Bevy. Um, I still get it. My nieces and nephews are like, hi, Bevy. And they're like, you know, 14 years old. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's so cute. Gets me every time. So I, I would say BJ and Bevy. All right. Last one. We'll get you out of here. Your favorite junk food or I guess guilty pleasure food. Oh my gosh. Anything sour candy. Doesn't oh, even really? sour belts, sour patch, sour watermelons. It's just gotta have a lot of sugar on it. <laughs> do you like I don't know if you drink any beer at all, but do you like the sour beers? No, I don't, which oh. is surprising. I like IPAs. Okay. Oh wow. Favorite. Yeah, which is like totally the opposite when we agree. <laughs> I'm thinking about this. I'm like, this is the total opposite. <laughs> you gotta balance the IPA out with some sour patch kids yeah, sometimes. There you go. See, I like, I like the way you think. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, coach, we want, uh, we want you to be able to get back to, uh, to mommy duty, but we really appreciate you, you taking some time to chat with us, to, to share with our oh. listeners, get a little bit inside of, of what we're in for in the 2024 season. I'll, you know, speak for myself. Super excited to see the, uh, the team that you're gonna field this season. Well, thank you so much. I'm super grateful you guys had me on and, and sorry, um, my little ones were running around to start and, <laughs> uh, but totally fine. Uh, being a mom and, and obviously very grateful to be, to be with you guys today. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank been you so fantastic. much for coming on. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and, uh, we'll be back uh, soon enough with another episode, but, uh, keep your eye on this racing team. I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling really good about them. Gonna be good here. You take awesome. care of Bombas Marauders. Thank you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.